0: Uh, we will now inshallah till the have uh, our th- 20 minutes, 30 minutes inshallah until the breakfast is ready as well we'll have an a important rem- a reminder and then we'll have our breakfast inshallah so today as I mentioned last night we have alhamdulillah we're honored to be hosting Mufti Sadiq from uh, Long Island and inshallah a little bit quick about a background alhamdulillah he's uh, born and raised and lives in Manhattan um, and he completed his Hifd al-Qur'an uh, out in New York and completed the Alam program at Darul ulum in Azadville in South Africa. And then spent a year out in, in Tabligh and um, spent three years in Bangladesh studying his uh, postgraduate Hadith and Iftah program. And alhamdulillah, he's been back the past uh, a few years and been teaching in Long Island, both uh, in, a, uh, alima, in a sister's alimah program school, uh, along with that teaching online and active in the Muslim community of the New York area. Um, alhamdulillah, he comes from a family of scholars, his siblings are all ulama doing great work in the East Coast. And we are uh, honored that he's here visiting us today, inshallah he'll be addressing here in the Team Fajr program. Plus, he'll also be teaching some of the classes to the students this morning. So he'll be speaking on the topic of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah Azawajal that he inspire us and him to, inshallah, take full benefit from this topic. And may he fill our hearts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah fill our hearts with his muhabba and love. Amin, Rabbil Alameen. Uzzakum khaira.
1: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسول كريم ما بعد فيقول الله سبحانه وتعالى والذين آمنوا أشد حبا لله الحمد لله رب العالمين We thank Allah سبحانه وتعالى for bestowing us with the courage of coming to Fajr Salah Coming for Salah in the masjid, especially at the time of Fajr, at a time where it's very cold, especially in Chicago it's pretty cold compared to New York so coming to, for salah is a big sacrifice, right? Sometimes we get, you know, into the routine of doing things and we're just so used to doing it, we forget the value of it. It becomes mechanical, becomes routine But that's why it's always important to go back and look at the ahadith of what Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned about a person who comes for salah. That's as if he's, he's performing his salah 25 times or 27 times over. Right, imagine praying salah, two rakat, fajr, 25 times, 27 times at home. It Takes a long time. And even then you'll be missing out on many different virtues that are only found in the jama'ah. For example, the imam reads a long surah. He reads the qunut. He's saying, amin. You have all these musallis who are also saying amin to the du'as. These are things that you won't get even if you pray at home. So these are always things to remember that to keep us motivated to come to the masjid over and over again. So my dear respected brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned something very important in the Qur'an that every single person needs to have. Every single Muslim needs to think of it as his responsibility. An active job of his to acquire this one characteristic. And what is this characteristic? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُ حُبَّا those who have iman, they say they believe in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. They say they believe in the hereafter. They believe in Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They say these things. They proclaim these things. One, what if one salient feature of them is that Hubbalillah. They have an intense love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It is not an average love. It is not mere affection. It's not mere admiration, but it is an intense love, ashaddu hubba lillah, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So many people, when we start practicing deen, this aspect of loving Allah, loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seems very abstract. How do you love a being that you do not see? How do you love a being that you do not physically interact with? So this is why it's important to understand what does it mean to have love for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and how can we achieve it? And what are signs of us coming closer to this goal? It is always important that when you have a goal, you plan the steps to how you're going to reach it. Somebody makes a long goal, he has a long plan of uh, making a build, uh, uh, building a big house but he doesn't have any practical steps in mind of how he's going to get there there's a famous story of this one <clears throat> person he, 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 was, um, he was working I believe on a farm or something and he was carrying eggs and he started to daydream that you know, with these eggs, I'm going to. they're going to hatch and I'm going to get some chickens and then these chickens, I'm going to sell them and I'll get some goats or some cows or something and then after selling that, I might start investing in property and then I might, might build a castle and then I might propose to the princess of the country and then eventually I'll be in line to be the duke or the king of the country and he's imagining all these different things and all of a sudden he trips And all he says is eggs fall in front of him and he starts crying profusely that I've just lost my entire kingdom. I've just lost my entire future. So coming back to the point that you need to always have a plan. How are you going to achieve something? They say that the one who fails to plan plans to fail. They say that the one who fails to plan, comes uh, plans to fail. And this is a saying of the pious, that that there's no intelligence like the intelligence of planning. So similarly, if we want the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to make an active effort, and we need to plan how we're going to achieve that. Firstly, what's important is to understand what we mean by the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can start with just the word love. There's definitely somebody in our lives that we love. There is definitely somebody in our lives that we love. Maybe we love our parents. Maybe we love our children. Maybe we love our friends. Maybe we love a scholar, a role model of ours. There's somebody in our life that we must love. Maybe that love might be intense, maybe it might be mild. But nonetheless, human beings definitely have some sort of love in their heart for somebody else. No matter how bad relationships get, there must be somebody that you admire. Rasulullah mentions al ma'lafun that a believer he is a bottle of love. Wala yalaf, wala yu'laf. Then there's no goodness in a person who cannot show love and he is not loved by others because of whatever immorality that might be in him. So <clears throat> it is important that we have somebody that we love. When we can picture that person, that for example, I love my mother. <coughs> I love my mother. What feeling am I trying to? Um, what feeling am I trying to describe by saying love? That burning passion, that willingness to go the extra mile for that person, that willingness to listen to that person, the, that intense feeling that when that person is nearby, I feel happy. When that person is happy, I feel happy. When that person is upset, I feel down. My mood is off. This is what love is. This is what love is, that burning feeling in a person's heart That calls them to do different actions Based on the reaction that he's going to get from his mahbub, from his beloved So now, when it comes to that How can we direct that love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How can we develop that type of feeling for our creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is something that we need to make an effort for So for example, there are different things which are completely abstract which are completely lifeless, which are completely, um, have no conscious, but we have love for those things. For example, somebody loves good weather. They love the nice sunny weather. Or maybe some people love the winter. They love to build snowmen or throw snowballs or make snow angels or something. Allah Allah. But nonetheless, these are abstract things. Weather, right? Maybe we love our cell phone. Because it provides us different services. Maybe we just love the masjid. Looking at it makes us happy. Sitting here makes us happy. We can definitely have love for something which is abstract and lifeless. So now when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Al-Hayyul Qayyum, the eternal, the living, the one who's sustaining everything. Why can we not have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So to gain the love of Allah I'll mention a few things insha'Allah, that we can do practically to gain the Allah- love of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala The first thing that we must try to do is what we call tarkul to leave out sins leave out thing the, uh, to leave the disobedience of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala It comes in some narrations where it's mentioned that Rasulullah has said ittaqil maharim takun a'abadan nas that Stay away from those things which are maharim, which are haram, which are impermissible. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has drawn the line. You cannot pass this line. You cannot commit these actions. تَكُنْ أَعْبَدَ al-nas. You will be the greatest of worshippers. You will be the greatest of worshippers. This is the greatest form of worship. My dear respected brothers, when we say to gain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what we are essentially saying is to become the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we hear the word wali, Wilaya, being the friend of Allah, who doesn't want to be the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who actively has it in his heart that I know I don't I don't want to get that close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everyone has it somewhere deep down they want to be close to Allah but the problem is that we've disqualified ourselves we feel that this is an impossible task. I'm a normal person. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a sahabi. I'm not a tabi'i. I'm not a alim. I'm not this, I'm not that. I cannot be the friend of Allah. We've disqualified ourselves. Now tell me, if you've disqualified yourself from something, do you ever see yourself trying to accomplish that thing? A person feels like he's gotten very old. Now he can't enter medical school because he's very old now. He doesn't have the time to do that. If he's already disqualified himself, do you think he's ever going to try to enroll? No. A person wants to become a hafiz of Qur'an. But he says that, you know, I'm very old now. I'm 20, 30, 40. Well, how am I going to become a hafiz of Qur'an? Is he ever going to try? No. On that note, I actually do know somebody. He was a taxi driver in our local masjid, an Egyptian brother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve him. He said that when he was driving his taxi, he would always memorize one, two ayat every day. One, two ayat every day. Right? And he said that at the age of 50, some, uh, 50 something, more or less 52, 53, he finished memorizing the Quran, alhamdulillah. I believe if you mathematically calculate, you take the 15 line Quran, you memorize one line a day. Mathematically speaking, you should be able to memorize the Quran within 20, plus, uh, 20 years more or less. 20 years more or less. So right now we might be 30, 35, 40, within 20 years, inshallah, if we're consistent, we can memorize the Quran. So coming back to what I was saying, is that we... We mentally disqualify ourselves. We believe that we cannot become the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is reserved for somebody else. That is reserved for holy people. You have to be born into that. This is completely false, my friends. This is completely false. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa came to the Arab. The Arab were known for their ignorance. The Arab were known for committing the most uh, greatest atrocities. Burying their daughters, doing this and that. Many customs that we are already aware of. But these very same Arab people became the best people of this ummah, the closest friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the best amongst you in in ignorance will become the best amongst you in Islam if they have this deep understanding. So we should never feel like we are disqualified. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا يَحْزَنُونَ أَلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ Indeed, the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be aware, listen, that they will not have no fear. They will have no sadness in the hereafter. They will not have any regrets. Who are these people? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mention a long list of characteristics, a long list of conditions to be part of this fraternity known as the awliyaullah. Allah mentions two things. Amanu <inaudible> That they had iman, they had firm belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <inaudible> that they had taqwa. They had taqwa. So this word taqwa, we hear it very often, especially during Ramadan. We hear the word taqwa. What is taqwa? Fasting is to achieve taqwa. To put it in the most simple of forms, taqwa is to protect oneself from the sins. To protect oneself from committing disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To stay away from those things that we know will incur the anger and rage of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what taqwa is. So that's the first thing that we mentioned. That if we want to gain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to prioritize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over our desires. Leaving sin, what that really is? Prioritizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over our own desires. Our nafs is telling us to do this sin, do this haram, do this action, this lewd evil action. But we know that Allah doesn't like it. Now you're at a crossroad. Are you going to give preference to your nafs? Or are you going to give preference to Allah? Are you going to give preference to your nafs? Or are you going to give preference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And my friends, if you give preference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you make that sacrifice for Allah, you automatically feel an increase of love. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you something which we call halawatul iman, the sweet taste of iman, the sweet taste of being a believer. Sometimes our nafs tells us that if we don't commit such and such sin, then we are going to die. If I don't do this, I'm going to die. I'm melting right now. I need to do this haram action. Sometimes our nafs tells us this, especially if we have an addiction towards something, we have a prone, uh, we have a routine of doing something which is haram. And we try to step out of that. Our nafs tells us these things. That if you don't do this, you're going to die. So the ulama mentioned that you should tell your nafs, that nafs, if you die, then there's no problem, you'll be a shaheed. If you die, there's no problem. Inshallah, you, don't, you won't die by leaving out your sin. You will be a shaheed. Because of one who dies for the cause of Allah, for the sake of Allah is a shaheed. So these are the things that we should tell ourselves. That I need to leave the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if I want to get close to Allah. It is that simple. It is that simple. A person who just has this much piety, that he doesn't commit any sin, and he doesn't do anything extra beyond that. He doesn't do anything extra beyond that, but he's very particular that I will not incur the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing something that I know will enrage Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has this much conscious then this person is at a level of wilaya. This is enough to include a person into the fraternity of the awliya Allah, the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the first thing, Tarkul Mahay. If we do this, inshallah our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase. The second thing that we need to do is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a hadith, Qudsi, that to perform abundant nawaf in salah or to perform a, a large amount of voluntary good deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if the a servant he doesn't perform good deeds or voluntary good deeds except that he gets very close to me. And the more closer he gets, eventually, I will love him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love us if we do good deeds. And you'll see that when you constantly immerse yourself in good deeds, you'll find yourself you just naturally feel disinclined towards to doing something which will incur the disobedience of Allah. What is the cause of this? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions that kuntu yasma'u bihi, bihi. That a person gets so close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala with his good deeds, with his nafl, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, it's as if he becomes the ears that that person is listening through. The person has filters on his ears that he only hears things through the filter of the love of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It's as if Allah becomes the eyes that He sees things through. That He, when He sees anything, He sees it in the light of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are many people of the past who are at this level and people in the present who are also at this level. That whatever they see, they can see the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala behind it. I look at the walls, I'm reminded of the greatness of Allah. That Allah is the one that has created color. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has created color. Color is such a thing that we take for granted. Try your best to explain to a blind person what the color red is. You'll never, you will never be successful. Ask a blind person to explain what the color red is to somebody else. He, only, he won't even try because he knows he can't do it. Because this is such a ni'mah that it can that cannot be described except if a person has experienced it. So coming back, that we must increase in our nawafil. Have some sort of routine, right? You don't need to do hundreds of rakahat. If that's your goal, that's great, subhanAllah. But the most important thing is to have something that you are consistent with. Rasulullah ﷺ says, احب adwamuha wa لَاللَّهِ That وَإِنْقَلَّ We're trying to gain the love of Allah. So Rasulullah ﷺ says that the most beloved actions to Allah are those actions which are done continuously that are done habitually, that are done regularly in Allah, even if they are less even if they are less imagine that a person comes to you he does a one-off a good deed, a good act, a kind gesture to you example one day he brings you a whole meal right? a large meal he buys you um, a five course meal there's chicken, there's juice, there's this, there's that, there's dessert, there's salad you know it's nice and then you never see that person ever again Right? Versus a person that every day he, he gives you a bottle of water. Or every day he gives you a cup of juice. Or every day he just gives you a, 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 a peanut or an almond or something small. Who do you, who do you find yourself loving more? Or you find yourself closer to, uh, more close to? You find yourself closer to the one that comes to you constantly. The one that comes to you frequently The one that always remembers you, always keeps you in mind you, You'll you find that person to be closer to you We find this a lot when it comes to our family Normally, family, they don't do extra acts of kindness in large amounts They do small amounts, but they do them in consistent forms Our mothers Many mothers go out of their way for their children, but the mother does the bare minimum of preparing the meals for the children. And this is something that we see as you know, it's, it's just one meal, it's not a major meal, it's, a, it's an average meal. But no, it's a consistent effort that happens every single day, which is why we have a lot of love for our mothers. Whereas sometimes our friends take us out to eat and they might pay the bill for us, but you know, that's a one-off thing. It's not going to foster the amount of love that we have for Allah subhanahu, uh, that we have for somebody who does it continuously. So that's the second thing that we must do To increase our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To increase our voluntary actions The first one was to leave sins Second one is to increase our nawafil The third thing is Ittiba'u sunnah To follow the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Let's think about this. One is to put the Qur'an in front of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إن كنتم Allah, الله قل إن كنتم تحبون Say that if you claim to love Allah, we're here to learn what it means to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are amongst people who are claiming that we want to love Allah. So Allah says, Oh Rasulullah, tell the people, if they claim to love, uh, love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فاتبعوني Then follow me. Follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yuhbibikum Allah. Allah will love you in return. Allah will love you in return. This is a very important point. Because no matter how much we might say it, that we love Allah, we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we love Islam, we love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What's important is not that we show our love. What's more important than that is that does Allah love us in return? We can sit here all days claiming we love Allah, we love Allah, we love Allah, and do absolutely nothing. But that's not going to incur the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or foster the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in return for us. What's important is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us clearly in the, uh, in the Quran, that if you want Allah to love you in return, if you want your claim to loving Allah to be true, you need to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We all need to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sometimes we think that we do a particular good deed and somebody tells us that you know that's not the, that's not the sunnah or that's not the way Rasulullah sallallahu did it then we say that, what's the big deal? Why are you bringing up all these issues? For example, sometimes we perform salah in a particular way, we make such a mistake in our salah, and somebody tells us, you know, this type of mistake, if you do it, it breaks your salah. And we say that, you know, this is such a mundane thing, why are you, why are you bringing this up? Right, I picked up my phone, I checked it, I turned it off, why are you saying that breaks my salah? I have good intentions, Allah knows what's in my heart. This is sometimes we say these types of things. Sometimes, we say these types of things, Allah knows what's in my heart, but my dear respected brothers, when you love somebody, when you love somebody, when we love somebody, and we want to present something to them, we will package it in a very respectful way, right? some we we love our wives we love our children we we want to give them a nice meal we'll take them to a nice place we won't take them to like a run down shop or something we'll take them to a nice place we'll package it nicely we'll you bought somebody a gift you're not going to give it to them in a broken box or a torn up box you're going to try to give them something you're going to package it in something presentable similarly when we want to present our deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it must be packaged in sunnah our good deeds must be packaged in the Sunnah. It is not about me worshiping Allah the way I want to worship Allah. It is about me worshiping Allah the way Allah wants me to worship Him. It's not about me worshiping Allah the way I want to worship Allah. It's about me worshiping Allah the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants me to worship Him. Not, is that not true? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to follow the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why it's in the Qur'an. فتبعوني. You're saying you love Allah, follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Your love must be channeled through the channel of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Your actions must be filtered through the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You cannot just, somebody can't just come here and say that today I'm feeling extra pious, I'm going to perform three raka'at of fajr salah. Right, instead of two, I'm extra pious today, I'm going to perform three. You can't do that. Why not? The person might say, logically, I'm performing more. I'm doing extra. I'm showing my love to Allah in a greater amount than you guys are. All you guys only perform two. I'm better than you. I'm, I perform three. What's the response? The response is that this is not the way that Allah subhanahu wa Taala wants us to worship Him. This is not the way that Rasulullah sallallahu wa showed us how to worship Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu showed us that Fajr is two rakat. So we can't exceed that, no matter how much you, must, you might claim you love Allah. If it is not done in the way shown by Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, it is not real love. You're not packaging it in the way that your beloved wants it to be packaged you're not packaging it in the way that your beloved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it to be packaged so that's the third thing ittiba'u sunnah follow the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the fourth thing we'll mention is an abundance of remembering of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an abundance of dhikrullah to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in enormous uh, enormous amounts Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Ya ayuha al-ladina amanu dzkuru Allaha dzkaran O you who believe, O oh you who believe. Remember Allah subhanahu wa taala in enormous amounts. It's not a small amount of a remem- remembrance. The in enormous, abundant amounts. You cannot just come and say, "Okay, I perform my five times salah, and then everything that happens in the middle, I forget about Allah subhanahu wa taala." That's not enough. The goal should be that wherever I go, wherever I am, the remembrance of Allah is either on my tongue or in my heart either I'm I'm conscious of Allah, either through verbalizing it, by doing dhikr wherever I go, or at least in my heart I'm conscious of Allah. An example of this, is that if a person, uh, for example, wants to do something which is inappropriate, but he knows that I'm, I'm sitting at work right now, and there are cameras watching me. My boss might not be there, but there are cameras watching me. So he's at least conscious of the presence of the cameras. So he keeps him at bay. He won't do anything wrong. He will adjust his actions and mold them in such a way which is appropriate for a person who is conscious of, a, of, uh, of the fact that his boss is const- uh, constantly watching him through the, the security cameras. Similarly, to remember Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is exactly like that. That. Wherever we go, we should be like how in your workspace or in the masjid, you're aware of the security camera, so you know you won't do anything fishy. Wherever we go, we must be aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is close to us, very close to us. Some brothers ask, where is Allah? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers this question in the Quran. That if my servants ask you about me, say I am close. Allah is close to us. Allah says, well, I am close uh, closer to you than your jugular vein. That's how close Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to us. So to be constantly conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever we go, this is important. Secondly, on top of that is to mention Allah wherever we go. Wherever we, if we really, really love something, Right, we can we we want real love of Allah. We want genuine love. We don't want lip service. Oh, yeah, I love Allah. We want genuine love. So we can see in our day-to-day lives when we genuinely love something, if if that thing is mentioned, you know, our we just spark up. We just jump into the conversation. We love cars. We love. Tesla or whatever. The conversation of cars comes up. We start speaking. We jump into the conversation. Somebody says, Oh no, Tesla is not a good option. Don't get a Tesla. We will jump and defend it. We love our iPhone. We know how these discussions go. But iPhone versus Android. Somebody says something bad about the iPhone. We'll jump in and defend it. Why? It's our love for, uh, for that thing. Similarly, when you have love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at any given opportunity, you will speak about your beloved. That's if you truly have love, this is what you'll do. If we truly have love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is what we'll do. That wherever we see Allah, wherever we find an opportunity, we will speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our beloved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا, الذين آمنوا إذا ذُكِرَ wajilat وَجِلَتْ قلوبهم. Or this is the focus. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that a believer, a true believer, can, is that person that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, his heart trembles. Allah is being spoken about. And I'm, a, I'm asleep. I'm not paying attention. I'm not being attentive. Allah's malaikar is being sent down. Allah's messengers, his rusul, his malaikar are coming and recording the good deeds right now. They are making a large, a, a, a large circle around us. And I am not like awake for that, I am not attentive for that, my heart isn't feeling that. No, a true believer, when Allah is mentioned, his heart shakes. It's mentioned in the hadith that when, any gathering in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, the malaika attend, right? And we don't have that sixth sense to see the unseen. If we had the sixth sense to see the unseen, we would see the malaika here right now. Like how a person who is blind, he doesn't have the sense of sight. But he had, had he had the sense of sight, he'd see everybody sitting here. Right? Or somebody who has, doesn't have the sense of hearing. He's deaf. If he had that sense, he'd be able to hear everything that we're saying. Similarly, if we had that sixth sense to see the ghaib, the unseen, we would see the malaika right now. We would see the malaika right now. So, a real believer, iman, you need to have iman. We need to have iman, faith, believe in these things. If you have this belief that malaika are here, if you have this belief that when Allah is mentioned, nur descends, when the greatness of Allah is spoken about, rahmah descends, if we have true belief in this, then why is it that when Allah is mentioned, our heart won't shake? Definitely our heart will shake. Definitely our heart will shake. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being mentioned. So this is what will foster love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abundance of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, the, and third point, uh, adding on to this, this is, we have three sub-points here. When it comes to the abundance of remembrance of Allah, we first said that, have the remembrance of Allah at least in your heart. Wherever you go, be conscious of Allah. Be aware of Allah. اتق الله عيث Fear Allah wherever you go. On top of that, mention Allah verbally, wherever you get the chance. So your friends, co-workers, non-Muslims, we're living in a very, very high tide time for Islam right now. That speaking about Islam is a trending thing. It's not an awkward thing anymore. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, perhaps speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speaking about Islam, it feels, it might have felt felt a little bit awkward to speak about Allah in school, or at work, or in front of non-Muslims. But now Islam is everywhere. On social media, it's all over the place. Famous people are accepting Islam. Celebrities are accepting Islam. Islam is everywhere. The, the beauty of Islam has spread far and wide, like how Rasulullah has predicted. So for some, there are people who are, who are athletes, who are speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after they win a match or win a game. And they can do that in front of the entire world. We're having trouble speaking about Allah in our small workspace. Is that, does that make sense? So speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not an awkward thing. People will respect you for that. That this person is a person of his values. He truly believes in his morals and his values. So now the third part of the remembrance of Allah is to contemplate over the different... Um, blessings that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has bestowed upon us, and this is one thing that I feel that personally it helps a person get close to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala very quickly, or it helps create love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. One time, a student asked me that (coughs) it comes in the hadith that if you want the sweetness of iman, the halawatul iman that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi Wasallam must be more beloved to you than anyone else. It Must be more beloved to you than anyone else. So one student asked me that like, you know, it sounds nice, it's easy to say, it is very easy to say, I love Allah more than everybody else. But, it's very hard for that. student says, very hard for me to actually bring that into my life." I know I love my mother a lot. I know I love my father a lot. I know I love my teachers a lot. I love my colleagues a lot. I love my students a lot. I love all these people immensely, but I don't feel that same feeling for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So, this is what we need. If we, in many a time, and this is something that perhaps most people go through, they experience this. So how do we get past this, or how do we develop, how do we make the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than that? What we must sit down and do is contemplate and think that, you know, this love that I have for my parents, or the mercy, why do I love my parents? It's because of the kindness that they show me. Understand that the kindness and the mercy and the rahmah that your parents show us, or that our parents show us, This is just a manifestation of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. We love these people in our lives. Who placed these people in our lives? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person in front of you, if you love that person, we must understand that this person is just a manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy upon me. That's why many people mention, when they meet big ulama, they say it was Allah's kindness upon me that I met so-and-so. It's because they want to emphasize the fact that all these people that are beloved in your lives, these are merely the manifestation, the physical manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy upon us. This is something we must sit down and contemplate over. When we say contemplate over the blessings of Allah, this is what we mean. The things that actually get your heart moving, that you know, start up your engine, that you know, this makes me really happy, this is something that keeps me very positive, this is something that keeps me very strong. You know, remember and attribute that back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the one that has given that to you. Allah has done many things here the, 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 the ayat goes If you try to count the, if you try to count the, um, count the blessings of Allah add, count, right? You will not be able to do You will not be able to fully encompass it right? If you try to count You won't be able to encompass So look at this Any blessing that Allah gives us Allah has done many things for us here Allah has given us that blessing Allah has given us for example parents Allah has given us our parents. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled for that blessing to show us uh, to to show us things that make us uh, admire that blessing or that make us appreciate that blessing. For example, Allah has enabled our parents to show kindness to us. Not everyone has parents first of all, and not everyone has parents to show them kindness. So Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled that blessing to show us kindness. And thirdly, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled our hearts to be receptive of that kindness. Many people have kind parents But those very same kind parents might not have children who are receptive of that love that the, the parents are going out of their way to show love to that child But that child doesn't appreciate it That child doesn't have any feelings in his heart Or that child's heart has turned solid So the fact that we have such a blessing in our life That it is there in our life It is operating in a way that, that creates and fosters love for that blessing And we are able to show that and appreciate that and feel that and uh, uh, receive that these are all different blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So this also falls under the remembrance of Allah to contemplate over the blessings of Allah. And now the last point that I'll mention, insha'Allah, that this is perhaps one of the fastest ways to gain the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, is to sit in the company of those who have the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Right? Many things we mentioned; these are things to do individually. That individually, you have to make an effort to leave out sin. Individually, you have to make an effort to bring sunnah into your life. Individually, you have to try your best to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so on and so forth. You have, all, you have to do these things individually. individually. Individually perform good deeds and whatnot. But this is one thing that you can do collectively. To be in the company of somebody who reminds you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be in the company of somebody when you speak to him, your iman increases. And we all know it's so much easier to do something collectively, rather to do it individually. Let's take an easy example, the fasting of Ramadan. Everybody is fasting. Because everybody is fasting Everyone at home is fasting All the people in the masjid are fasting All my friends, Muslim friends are fasting It's easy for me to fast Let's say for some reason we missed the fast in Ramadan Maybe we were traveling, maybe we we're sick Or whatever it may be We missed the fast in Ramadan Making up that very same fast outside Ramadan by yourself Is ten times harder than you actually having done it in Ramadan we all feel this, right? So doing something in collectively is a lot easier than doing something individually. Get, you have more motivation. We're human beings at the end of the day. So, sitting in the company of somebody who reminds you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, many a times this is the easiest way to increase your love for Allah. How do you know somebody has a love for Allah? Well, we can't tell who, what's in the person's heart. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa told us one thing. <laughs> That the best amongst you and Rasulullah, says, Qiyad, the best amongst you, when you think the best Muslim, obviously you think of a person that has the love of Allah. The best amongst you are those Ida Ruud Kirallah that when you see them, when people see them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is immediately remembered. If you meet someone in your life, if we meet somebody, we come across somebody, that whenever we see this person, or whenever that person speaks, I I just feel close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't know why. I don't know why. Then hold on to that person. Many a times we, we, we might witness this in our own lives. I've experienced this many times. That somebody gives us advice, Sometimes we act upon it, sometimes we don't. They might have given us super fiery bayan, strong, powerful, emotional bayan, going up and down, you know, emotion, the, there are tears and whatnot. But afterwards, I, I don't see any, like, concrete change in my life. It's just, um, you know, at the moment, I felt excited. And then, somebody else who gives the exact same advice, but in a simpler form, and we find ourselves that, you know, when that person told me to do it, some way, somehow, mysteriously, I was able to act upon it immediately. I was able to act upon it immediately. He didn't have any of these theatrics to him. He didn't have any of these extra emotions to his talk or this flair or this or that. But he just had something about him that when he said it, I knew I had to do it. When he said it, I knew I had to do it. This is a sign that that person is خِيَارُكُمْ إِذَا رُؤُوا That he's one of the best people of this ummah. Such a person that when he has seen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembered. So if we find such people in our lives, that when we see them, we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we jump into action, we feel close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever that person speaks. We tell them, just keep speaking, just keep speaking, just don't stop, hold on to that person. Hold on to that person. Kunumaa saladhiin. Be in the company of those who are truthful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This will get us close to Allah. So these are six practical steps that we can try our best to implement, inshallah, to gain the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I'll mention it again from the top: is to leave out sin, to leave out the things that will incur the anger of Allah. To follow, the, to perform the nawafil abundantly good deeds whatever opportunity we have consistent good deeds even if it's a small amount but to be consistent with extra good deeds this will get us close to allah to follow the sunnah of rasulullah sallahu alaihi wasallam to follow the sunnah of rasulullah sallahu alaihi wasallam to remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly to remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly and lastly i guess it was five I'm discounted is to be in the company of those that remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be in the company of those who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we get into the habit of doing this then inshallah we'll notice in our lives that our love for Allah that burning love for Allah that, that love that our brothers in Philistine may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help them and assist them and save them from the oppression that's going on that love that they have for Allah that keeps them positive throughout every single situation Maybe we'll gain that type of love as well. May Allah subhanahu wa taala give us tawfiq. May Allah taala accept us. May Allah forgive us for any mistakes that we have made. May Allah taala really grant us the reality of loving Him. So my my dear respected brothers, to have the love of Allah subhanahu wa taala, it is not a small thing. It is a major thing. If you have that, you could have no dunya. You could have nothing. You could be sleeping on a stone under a tree. You'll still be happy. You'll still be content, but a person who doesn't have the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, you can have all the riches in the world, you can have every last thing that a man would want, but you'll still feel empty on the inside. May Allah Taala save us. May Allah Taala grant us the reality of this. Subhanallah Subhanallah illa illa anta wa Like you guys normally make dua after the gathering. All right, it won't be awkward if I make dua. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, Rabbil رب العالمين Salatus, والسلام على Sayyidina Muhammad, وعلى آله وصحبه Allah, اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب Allah, يقربنا إلى حبك. اللهم Allah, حبك حباً إلينا من Allah, ومالنا ومن المعاء إلى البارد يا الله يا رب العالمين يا رب المستضعفين اللهم أنصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أنصر المستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم أنصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أن ترسل في كل مكان يا رب العالمين يا الله plz forgive us <laughs> يا الله grant us <laughs> your love. Ya Allah, grant us this immense love for you, Ya Allah. And grant us your love in exchange, Ya Allah. Love us in return. Ya Allah, grant us the love of the pious. Grant us the love of those good deeds that will bring us close to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, help our brothers throughout the world. All our, all the Muslims throughout the world who are being oppressed, Ya Allah. Please protect them. Please save them. Please take these oppressors to task, Ya Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is in your control. Kullun Ya Allah. Everything is in your hands, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take care of us like how a father takes care of his child ya Allah we are children who have who have come to you who have, and we are dirty ya Allah please clean us ya Allah بالماء يا الله وتعالى clean us like how people are clean through water ya allah ya allah forgive us for our many mistakes ya allah taala grant us your love ya allah ya allah taala help our brothers in gaza ya allah help our brothers in palestine wa taala ala wa